It has been a wonderful weekend, a wonderful time with our children, and we're so thankful for Miss Marty and, and all of the host of people that, that were a part of making it possible. God bless you for that. Rocky Point Lighthouse. Today we're looking at the concluding theme, uh, Matthew chapter 5, the first 14. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gets light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Jesus, when he gives this charge to his followers, doesn't talk about what we're going to say talks about what we're supposed to be. There are lots of people you encounter every day that will never open this book, never read this, but they will read your life. They will look at you to see what Jesus is about. Are they able to see God in our lives? Somebody has said that there are all kinds of lights there are Christmas light Christians. You know, they only come on once a year just to look nice. There are flashing light Christians, those that are on and off and on and off. You never know if they're going to be on or off. There are dirty lights, the people who are so covered over with dirt and grime and road film that it's kind of on, but you can hardly tell it. And then there are the opposite of that. There are the spotlight Christians. They're very bright, but they only shine on one little area. Then there are the candlelight Christians. They, uh, they're beautiful, and they work well as long as the storm doesn't come, as long as they're in a shelter. But when the storms of life come, they, they typically blow out. What kind of Christian light are we? Matthew 5, Jesus lets it be known that what kind of light we are is going to have a significant impact on people. They're going to either be drawn to Jesus or they're going to be repelled. And sadly, there are a lot of people that do a whole lot more of the second than the first. For example, there's the confrontational Christian. You know, the one that's always kind of militaristic, in-your-face kind of evangelistic person. That the, Within minutes after you meet them, they're asking you, if you died tonight, do you know where you'd spend eternity? The ones that are wanting to have a Bible study, but when they come or when you get together, they're wagging their finger in your nose and telling you about how wrong you are. Not a, not a very good light. There's not only confrontational Christians, there's the conspicuous Christians. You know, the one that have the bumper stickers and the jewelry and all of the, all of the trappings. And they let you know real quickly the, who they are and what they're about. But even though they've exchanged their robes and phylacteries of the Pharisees, they still have the judgmental spirit. And probably nobody's going to really measure up. And then there are the cosmetic Christians. The one who 
have that veneer of Christianity, but it's only skin deep. It doesn't change their character, their values, or how they live their lives. Nobody's very attracted to any of those kinds of Christians. But I want to just, in a, in just for a few minutes, want to think about three different kinds of Christians that let their light shine, that, that draw people to Jesus. The first kind, let's call, uh, let's call the costly Christians. The ones that, that are so devoted to Jesus that it really makes a difference, even if it costs them a great deal. I uh, heard, read this week about a guy that had his own business, had his own company. And he employed a lot of people, and a number of them were Christians, followers of Jesus. And he said he had, he had always watched to see how Christians acted in the workplace as opposed to unbelievers. And he said he was, he was impressed when he saw Jesus' followers that, that were conscientious and dedicated and thorough in what they did and kind to other people. And he said that was impressive. But the one thing that impressed him more than anything else was when a young man came up to him one day and, and asked one of his employees and said, I, I need to meet with you after work today, if that's okay. He said, yeah, that's, that's fine. They set a time. And then it dawned on him after they, he had agreed to meet with this guy that this young man had recently become a follower of Jesus. He had committed his life to Christ. He, had, he, he wasn't when, for a while, but he started hanging around with some of these Christians that, that worked there, and, and he became a follower of Jesus. And he thought, man, I hope this guy is not some zealous new convert that's going to try to convert me. And when the guy walked into his office, he realized that wasn't the case because he walked in with his head down. He said, I, I appreciate you seeing me. I, I, I have to tell you something, and, and, and I need to ask you to forgive me. The owner wasn't sure what was going on, but he said, well, what are you talking about? He said, well, he said, honestly, what, what I've been doing as I've worked here is uh, I, I've been taking advantage of things that I shouldn't. Nothing big, no, no huge deal, but I've been taking some supplies from time to time. I've been, uh, you know, using the phone for some calls I shouldn't have been making. I've, I've been kind of cheating on the time that I worked, and I, I've become a follower of Jesus, and I want to make that right. Um, I'm, I'm so thankful for what he's done for me. And, and I want to do what he's calling me to do, and, and I need to make this right with you. You can, you know, if you need to fire me, you can. I, I guess I deserve it. Or if, if, you want to, if you want to dock my pay, whatever you think is right, I'll tell you what I've done. You, you dock it, whatever is right, I'll be okay with that. Or if you have something you want me to do on my own time to kind of make up for some of this stuff, I'll, I'll do that. You just tell me what I need to do. And they came to an arrangement of what was appropriate. And the guy said, 
You know, I have never had an experience where I saw somebody demonstrating real faith like that. It cost him something. But he was going to do what was right. You see, the, the world doesn't want to see perfect Christians. They're way too smart to think that any of us are there. Because we're not. But they do expect to see people who are followers of Jesus being honest when they make mistakes and confessing it and trying to make it right, asking for forgiveness, going on. It's not the clever presentation of the gospel. It's not this incredibly powerful witness or testimony. It's not this moving whatever. It's saying, I'm going to be what Jesus calls me to be even when it costs me something. And the day when looking out for number one is pretty much the dominant philosophy of the day and narcissism has been elevated to an art form. When people see us being followers of Jesus when it costs them something, it makes a difference. We'll be light. There's another kind of Christian who sheds his light and it makes a difference and that's what you might call a compassionate Christian. Tears glistened in the eyes of Captain Shaw as he looked at what was before him. He was a brand new medical missionary with the Salvation Army and he had been stationed in India where they were taking over the running of a leper colony. And as he looked, he saw three men with leprosy who were in shackles around their ankles and manacles around their wrists that were cutting into their diseased flesh. And he said to the guard, please remove those. And the guard protested. He said, I, I can't. These are not only lepers. They're dangerous criminals. And Shaw held out his hand and said, I, I understand, but I'll be responsible for them. They've suffered enough. And he took the keys and he very gently loosened those shackles, those manacles, and the chains fell away. It was several weeks later when he first began to wonder if that was the wise thing to do because he was going to have to be out of town overnight. His wife and child were going to remain there at the compound. And he was worried. But she assured him that she was okay. She wasn't afraid. God would take care of her. And so he left. The next morning she got up and looked out on their front porch and those three men were there and she was startled to see them. And she went out and asked them why they were there and what they needed. And one of them said, well, we knew the doctor left yesterday. And we slept on your porch just to make sure nothing would happen to you. We wanted to make sure you were safe. That's what happens to dangerous criminals when they encounter the compassion of Jesus Christ as it's demonstrated in those who are his followers. I, I, I love the fact that uh, for Vacation Bible School this weekend, 
Uh, we didn't just, they didn't just have the kids do crafts, but they collected items and, and made gift bags to take down to the homeless people through the back porch project, which is a home, uh, homeless ministry, ministry to the homeless that was started by one of our own teens here, Courtney Mitchell. Because that's letting our light shine. I, I love the fact that Love Where You Live is not just an annual event now, but there are people who have caught the spirit of that. And, and, and every few weeks, they're gathering together on a weekend and going out and helping people and shedding the light of Christ into people's lives, into their world. I love the fact that we can do that. We can be Jesus to people. And maybe you say, well, I, I can't start a homeless ministry, and maybe you're not physically able to go do some of these helping projects, but you can, you can be a compassionate Christian. You can fix a meal for somebody with health struggles. You can help your neighbor work on his car or work on his house or, or, or help take care of their kids when they're in a bind. We can do that. We can let our light shine in a very tangible way. But it's not only costly Christians and compassionate Christians, it's consistent Christians that let their light shine. People see us grapple with fear and sadness and anger and jealousy and loss. Or we're honest, we're genuine about our struggles with purity. They need to watch us as we're at work, as we're at play, as we're with our families. And they need to understand that it's a faith that, that drives who we are and drives how we deal with all of the struggles and the challenges as well as the joys of life. It's not a bed of roses. They need to understand that. I love, I want to share with you just a, a part of a letter that a new Christian wrote to someone who had that kind of impact on her. She said, you know, when we met, I began to discover a new vulnerability, a warmth, and a lack of pretense that impressed me. I saw in you a thriving spirit, no signs of internal stagnation anywhere. I could tell you were a growing person, and I liked that. I saw you had strong self-esteem, not based on the fluff of self-help books, but on something a whole lot deeper. I saw that you lived by convictions and priorities and not just by convenient selfish pleasure or financial gain. And I had never met anyone like that before. I felt a depth of love and concern as you listened to me and didn't judge me. You tried to understand me. You sympathized with me. You celebrated with me. You demonstrated kindness and generosity, not just for me, but for other people. And I saw you doing that. And you stood for something. You're willing to go against the grain of society to follow what you believe to be true, no matter what people said, no matter how much it cost you. And for those reasons and a whole lot of others, I found myself really wanting what you have. Now that I've become a Christian, I want to write to tell you I'm grateful beyond words for how you consistently lived out your Christian life in front of me. It doesn't take a splash. It doesn't take some huge thing. It's just being real, being compassionate, Staying true to who we are even when it costs us something. And consistently being what Jesus calls us to be. 
Basically, what she was saying is, thank you for being light. Ephesians 5 verse 8 says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. We'll find out what pleases the Lord. You see, the fruit of goodness in our lives will be compassion. The fruit of righteousness in our lives will be consistency. And the fruit of truth in our lives will be willing to be a Christian even when it costs us something. There was a man riding down an elevator when the power went out. First, all seven people inside panicked because it was pitch dark. And then he remembered in his pocket, he had one of those little keychain flashlights. And he pulled it out and he turned it on, and suddenly the fear, the panic started to dissipate. He said, For the 45 minutes they were stalled before the power was restored. They talked, they joked, they even sang a little. Because the light shining in that dark place brought them peace. God doesn't call us to be the biggest, brightest, flashiest lights. He just calls us to be on. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for calling us to the most glorious mission imaginable being light shining in the darkness, letting others see who Christ really is through our lives. And we pray that you will shine through us and you will receive glory as people come to you. For we pray it in the name of the, the true light, our Savior Jesus, and amen. As we sing this next song, we're going to have several of our shepherds in, uh, in the rooms at each side in the back and also in the prayer rooms. If you'd like to pray with our shepherds and their wives, we would love for you to do that. So please make your way there as we're going to invite our shepherds to go there as we stand and sing. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine all the time. Let it shine, oh yeah. To the nations of the world, I'm going to let it shine. To the 